You're listening to LanguageCaster.com's football podcast. Welcome football fans and those wishing to improve their English from around the world to LanguageCaster.com's first podcast of 2012. And we wish you all a happy new year. Well, it's been a busy uh, last few weeks in England, at least. Most of Europe has taken time off uh, during the festive seasons. So we've been posting busily on our site, but let's catch up with the news on this week's show. And we'll do that in the review of the footballing news in the good, the bad, the ugly to start. After that, we've got our main report from Damien. And he's going to take a look at some of the footballing phrases and words that headlined in 2011. After that, we've got English for football, and we're going to finish with prediction. Alright, let's get started with the good, the bad and the ugly. Well, it was good for Manchester City as they came through the Christmas and New Year feast of football top of the pile, despite dropping points at West Bromwich Albion and losing at Sunderland. They sit three points clear of their rivals Manchester United on 48 points and worryingly for the top of the table chasing pack, the Blues brushed aside Liverpool 3-0 without ever getting into their stride and losing the shots count 10-18. to They also got those three goals against the best defence in the league. In their last five home games, they've racked up 15 goals and only conceded two. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year for Mancini's men at Eastlands. Damien, what about bad? Well, we spoke about Ronaldo's retirement from the game in last week's main reports and it now transpires that the former World Cup star is suffering from dengue fever. That's a disease caused by mosquito bites. Now, Ronaldo had been visiting a resort town in the northeast of Brazil when he contracted the disease. But, according to his Twitter account, he's recuperating well. Languagecaster also wishes him a speedy recovery. Damon, how about ugly? Uh, well, Liverpool Football Club have decided not to appeal the English FA's eight-game ban on Luis Suarez for abusing Patrice Evra with racist language. That should be good news, and yet the Merseyside club also released a statement criticising the decision again, defending their player publicly again and refusing to apologise and accept the decision gracefully. When they sent the team out to warm up before their game against Wigan, wearing t-shirts in support of Suarez, many neutral football fans decided that was a step too far, and they were joined by many Liverpool fans too. The club's latest belligerent attitude is sure to diminish the standing of Liverpool FC even more. Ugly statement and ugly for the club. Next on our main report is Damien with a look at three words that may be the footballing words of 2011. You can read the transcript to this report if you come along to our site languagecaster.com as you can with all other sections of the show. There have been many candidates for Word of the Year 2011. Arab Spring, Planking, Phone Hacking, Bunga Bunga have all featured in many end-of-year polls. 
Global financial difficulties saw both the Oxford Dictionary and The Economist magazine choosing squeezed middle as their word of the year, while Occupy is tipped to be chosen by the American Dialect Society as their word of 2011. Here at LanguageCaster, we've already looked back at some of the big footballing stories from 2011 in last week's main reports. And though we do not pretend to hold the same influence as some of these media outlets, we thought we would come up with a list of some of the words and phrases that have best defined football in 2011. Maybe even Fabio Capello can learn some. Number one, Nadeshko Japan. The Japan Times reported that the buzzword Grand Prix for 2011 was Nadeshko Japan in honour of the Japanese female football team's wonderful performance in the Women's World Cup in the summer of 2011. A miserable year for Japan was somewhat lightened by the footballing exploits of the Women's World Cup winning side as the Nadeshko, that's a sweet-smelling flower as well as the nickname of the Japanese side, won the World Cup for the very first time. Number two, why always me? Mario Balotelli has rarely been out of the news since his move to Manchester City. And when the young Italian star scored the first goal of the 6-1 route against Manchester United, he raised his jersey to reveal the slogan, Why Always Me?, which had many of us laughing along with Super Mario. Number three, kick it out. There have been quite a few negative words and phrases used this year. I wonder, for example, what kind of language Carlos Tevez and Roberto Mancini exchanged with each other when the Argentine refused to come off the bench in the Champions League. Unfortunately, there have also been far too many examples of racist language this year. Sepp Blatter had to apologise. John Terry is still under investigation, while Luis Suarez has been found guilty of using racial abuse against Patrice Evra. And so for these reasons, the anti-racism group slogan, Kick It Out, needs to be reintroduced to the game. Well, for me in Japan, it's got to be Nadeshiko. And next up, it's English for football. Yaggity-yag, I don't talk back. Yaggity-yag, yaggity-yag. This week's language class of football phrase is also a phrase used in horse racing. It is to stay the course. The course in the phrase refers originally to the racetrack horses ran on. But when the phrase is used in football, course becomes the season. In the Premier League in England, the season is 38 matches. To stay means to last, to be able to complete, to finish but also it has the added nuance of keeping the same good performance level. So, to stay the course means to finish the season strongly, to continue playing as well as now. As we start 2012, there are 18 games left in the season and Manchester City are playing well and are three points clear. But can they stay the course? Can they keep top spot until May? To stay the course. Właśnie słuchasz languagecaster.com. Right, next up is predictions. 
And coming into 2012, I'm leading Damien by 14 points. But leading in January doesn't mean you're going to stay the course and win the crown in May. That's only happened twice the last five years. So I'm not counting my chickens yet, but I'm pretty confident. Now, on this week's predictions, we feature some of the big games from the FA Cup. That's the third round, including the Manchester derby as well as a Catalan derby. And we also have a Carling Cup semi-final. Right, I'm going to kick off the predictions and I'm going to start in Portugal with Sporting Lisbon against FC Porto. FC Porto at the top, I think Sporting a third. And uh, this, is, this has a history of draws, this game. And I'm going to follow those stats and I'm going to go nil-nil, a nil-nil draw. And then in La Liga, the Catalan derby Espanyol against Barcelona. Espanyol actually beat uh, Barcelona at the Nou Camp earlier this year. Uh, but I don't think they're going to do that again. And I think Barcelona are going to get revenge with a 3-0 win. Barcelona can't stop scoring recently. Another team that can't stop scoring at the moment is Manchester City. And they meet Manchester United in the third round of the FA Cup. And I think home advantage is going to see them through quite comfortably. 2-0. A mouth-watering clash. Arsenal taking on the championship side Leeds United. Can Leeds regain some of their glory days? Um, I don't think so. I think Arsenal will comfortably see them off. 2-0. But it should be an exciting game. And then Chelsea in uh, the same FA Cup competition. Host Portsmouth. Portsmouth in all sorts of trouble. Hoping to sell their club. Uh, find new owners this week. Uh, but they're going to be very unsettled. They're not playing well anyway. And uh, it's going to be too tough for them at Stamford Bridge. 3-0 to Chelsea. Then the first leg of the semi-final in the Carling Cup sees Manchester City in action again. Boy, they've had a busy year so far. And they're taking on my team, Liverpool, who they beat 3-0 comfortably earlier on this week. Um, I don't think they're going to do the same thing this time. Uh, they were a bit fortunate Liverpool missed a chance in the, the game uh, in the league. And I think this is going to be a tighter 1-1 draw. Those are my predictions. How about you, Damien? Right, here are my predictions for the week. And we start off with the big game in Portugal between Sporting and FC Porto. I think Porto are going to win away. 2-1 to Porto. Now we have a Catalan derby in La Liga. That's Espanyol against Barcelona. Barca will win this one by two goals to nil away from home. Another derby, this time in England, and this time it's the FA Cup. It's a big, big game. The third round of the FA Cup. Manchester City, who are top, against Manchester United, who are second. This is going to finish... 1-1, a result that neither team wants. Now we're going to do a couple more games in the FA Cup, including Arsenal against Leeds. I think Arsenal will have too much for Leeds, who are in the Championship. They're going through 3-0. Another Premier League uh, against Championship match is Chelsea against Portsmouth. These two teams met in the FA Cup final a couple of years ago. Portsmouth in real trouble, financial trouble at the moment. They won't be able to stop Chelsea. 2-0 to Chelsea. And finally, the Carling Cup semi-final first leg, Manchester City against Damon's team, Liverpool. This is going to finish 1-0 to City. They're my predictions for the week. Enjoy all the football. See you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, tune in next week to our 